and welcome to my living room. For those of you that may be here for the first time, don't know me, uh, my name is Dave, and I get the honor and the privilege of serving as pastor here in this church. For those of you that know me too well and wish they didn't, my name is still Dave, and I get the honor of serving as pastor here at this church. Um, today is going to be a little different. Let me, let me ask you something. How many have either are currently or have in the past struggled with having a devotional time, a quiet time? I'll be the first to raise my hand. All right, all right. The rest of you must be really holy, and uh, you can come up here now and take over. Um, about two years ago, you know, I, I, I think this is something that, that, that honestly all of us, you know, anybody who's ever tried to have a, a devotional time, a quiet time, um, has struggled with it because it's one of the things that the enemy really attacks in our lives. He will do anything he can to keep us away from it um, because of the power that it has in our lives. About two years ago, rather than on a Sunday morning, rather than get up here and preach as I normally do or, or, or teach, I came up and I did something different. Um, I, I came up here and I just repeated what I did that morning in my quiet time, and I modeled my quiet time. And I went into this really very nervously, because I thought either by the end of the, the, the time together, everybody's going to be snoring, or this could really be powerful. That message is the most downloaded and listened to message of any that I've ever done since we started at least keeping, you know, being able to track those things, how many downloads and so forth. And I've had more people come up to me even months and months later bringing that up. Remember when you did this and saying how much they appreciated it and how it ministered to them. So that's been about, it was actually two years ago last month, I believe it was. Um, and I called, uh, I, I, or I, um, I thought um, it would be time with the new year coming up and people starting, you know, looking into new rhythms and that in their life that they're looking, going, starting a new year and so forth, I thought it would be a good time to do that. Now, at the time, I called the message the chair. And I like that title because when I'm sitting in my living room, um, it's much like this, only less populated, um, but I'm sitting in, in a particular chair when I have my quiet time, when I have my devotional time. Uh, there is a door off to the right, just like back there, there's an emergency exit. And off to the left is the kitchen area where all the, the food is. So it's just like this, only the lamp's on the other side, but still. Um, but the thing with the chair is a chair takes up space. When you bring a chair into your house, you have to give space to it. If you have a chair in your house, you have to give space. You ever have 
situation where you've got more furniture than what you have space for in your house? Yeah, we've got one room in our house. We've inherited so many dressers. We've got one, two, three, four, five, five or six dressers. Yeah, six dressers in there, and we've got a couple more in the garage, or at least one more, uh, because we've inherited them, and, and, you know, we either don't want to give them away because we're sentimental about, you know, furniture that family had and has memories for us, or somebody in the house is a pack rat, but I'm still working on that. Um, anyway, um, it takes up space. That's the point. When I brought this chair up here yesterday, I came in to set up. When I brought this chair up here, I had to move some things out of the way. Okay, I had to move some things out of the way in order to put this chair here. When you have a devotional time, when you have a quiet time, you're not going to all of a sudden just happen to have extra time in your life to do this. You have to be intentional about making space in your life. So that's why, you know, I think chair, the chair is, is, is a good title for this. And so today I'm just calling this the chair revisited. Because that's what I want to do. I want to have my quiet time, and I'm just going to have it modeled for you. Now, a couple of things with this. As I said the last time, you can either use this time to take a nap, or you can engage and enter in. As I read through the passages, I'm going to passage I'm going to read through. I'm going to be uh, reading from the NLT. Uh, this morning, and I encourage you, if you know, open your Bibles and follow along, or if you don't have one, take out your smartphone, you know, on the Bible app, and uh, follow along with that, uh, uh, so it will um, probably maybe get a little more out of it, but I encourage you just to open your heart and to enter in. Now, one other thing I'm changing is I'm not doing this morning's quiet time. My quiet time this morning, I am, today and tomorrow, I'm finishing up a Bible reading plan, and I'm at the end of the book of Revelation. Now, the book of Revelation, I love the book. I, I, I love it, but it's kind of hard to jump into right at, in the middle of the book, right, without knowing what all has transpired before. Uh, so what I did is I backed up a little bit, and what I'm going to do now is what I did uh, the day after Christmas on the 26th when the book of Revelation started. So, back up a little bit. It's December 26th. It's 6 a.m. My alarm goes off. I hit the button to silence the alarm, grab a quick shower. Also, as 6 o'clock with the sound of my alarm, the coffee maker automatically kicks on. I set it up the night before, ground the beans, put the water in, set the time for six. So if I would happen to not get up, like say, oh, I want to sleep in, my coffee's going to be old. I don't want to do that. I don't like getting up at six o'clock. I'll just let you know that. But I do it every day, and not just to have fresh coffee, because this time has become so precious to me and so important to me that I look forward to it. I used to do my quiet time out of obligation. Oh, I got to do this. I should do this, especially since I'm a pastor. I got to, you know, do the. I live for it. 
it's my favorite part of the day, even though it is at 6 a.m. So 6 a.m. goes off, the alarm goes off, I'm, you know, I'm downstairs, I pour the coffee, I got the coffee right here, and um, got my water bottle, I've got my Bible, everything I need, so I'm going to open up my Bible app, I'm not checking Facebook or, or email or anything else, I'm simply opening or, or bringing up my Bible to open up the Bible app. And it says that, okay, I go to my plan. I'm in a plan where I am reading through the Bible straight through uh, Genesis through Revelation. It's December 26th, and I have three chapters to read. It's Revelation chapter 1, 2, and 3. Now, let me just ask you this. How many have read the book of Revelation through? How many are scared or intimidated by the book of Revelation? I hear you. I hear you. But in the last few years, it has become one of my favorite books. Do I understand it all? Absolutely not. But it has become one of my favorite books because, one, there's a blessing at the beginning of it for those who read it and, and, and you know, take it to heart and, and hear it and obey it. Um, but also, it, it's a book that is encouraging because as you read through the book, you get the very definite sense God is the one that's in charge. He's in charge. All this other stuff is going on, but God is in charge. And when you get to the end, you see who wins. You see everything come together, and it is such a glorious picture at the end. problem with the book of Revelation is, is people have this idea that because of all the symbolism in it, you know, and all the things, the terrible things that are going on, uh, you know, that the enemy's doing and it's the, the, the judgments of God that are happening upon the world and so forth that have been just building up, building up, we become fearful. But the thing is, when we belong to Christ... Christ has already borne our wrath on the cross. So, the wrath that's poured out on the world is not poured out on God's people. So, um, you don't have, in fact, God's people are protected and, and, and God's people are, are delivered. And, and um, you know, it's, it's encouraging to know, even though terrible things happen, even though, there, though there's persecution and, and that, God's in charge, and there's no one else I would rather have be in charge than him. So um, we're going to start with and just begin to read through the book of Revelation. Uh, to give you a little bit of uh, background on the book, it is a prophetic book. It is filled with symbolic language and so forth, especially as you get a little bit farther into it. And talks about things that were, things that were to come, and so forth. Um, it is... Uh, there's a lot in here that you can grasp a hold of just from the very start without understanding all of it. One of the problems we have with the book of Revelation is that we look, typically people tend to look to it as trying to figure out what's going to happen, 
when it's going to happen, the end times, all of that stuff. It's all about the end times. Uh, but there's been so much stuff on I trying to figure things out that is just totally misses the whole point of the book. And I encourage you, as you look at this book, get your theology from the book itself, not from series of books that have been written about it um, that are, have, are full of for theology. Anyway, um, let's go ahead and we're going to pray and get started with this. Sound like a plan? All right. Here I am, Lord. Just come and meet with me right now. Have a seat, Lord. I just want to come to you and I open my heart, I open my mind, I open myself up and ask you to speak to me. Let me see the things that you want me to see. Let me understand the things that you have for me to understand at this time. Let me hear the things that you want me to hear. I open myself up to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> Chapter 1. This is a revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present this revelation to a servant, John, who faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God blesses the one who reads the words of this prophecy to the church, and he blesses all who listen to its message and obey what it says, for the time is near. This letter is from John to the seven churches in the province of Asia. Grace and peace to you from the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, from the sevenfold spirit before his throne, and from Jesus Christ. He is the faithful witness to these things, the first to rise from the dead and the ruler of all the kings of the world. All glory to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by shedding his blood for us. He's made us a kingdom of priests for his God, his Father. All glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven and everyone will see him even those who pierced him, and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Yes, amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord God. I am the one who is, who always was, and who is still to come, the Almighty One. I, John, am your brother and your partner in suffering in God's kingdom and the patient endurance to which Jesus calls us. I was exiled to the island of Patmos for preaching the word of God and for my testimony about Jesus. So, so he's, 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 John is, is he's exiled to the island of Patmos, which is basically not much more than a big rock that he's been exiled to because of his, his preaching, because of his preaching Jesus, and, and that he's being persecuted. He's been exiled to this, this rock, this island. Um, and then he says, it was the Lord's day. And I was worshiping in the spirit. Suddenly, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands. And standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. 
He's wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like the mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I'm the first and the last. I'm the living one. I died, but look, I'm alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Write down what you have seen, both the things that are now happening and the things that will happen. This is the meaning of the mystery of the seven stars you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. And then we, we're ready for chapter 2, and chapters 2 and 3 are these letters that the Apostle John was told to write to the churches in these cities. Each of these letters pretty much have a theme. Just to, to give a little background here, they're letters, and they're basically Jesus saying, I know who you are, I know what you do, and so forth. I, you know, he, he praises them for some things, and then for other things, he, he says, but I've got this against you, or, or you're, not, you know, you're missing it here. And then there's a promise at the end. Uh, so let's start in chapter 2. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. Here's the letter. I know all the things you do. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You've examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars. You've patiently suffered for me without quitting. But I have this complaint against you. You don't love me or each other as you did at first. Look how far you've fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. If you don't repent, I'll come and remove your lampstand from its place among the churches. But this is in your favor. You hate the deeds, the evil deeds of the Nicolaitans just as I do. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. You're going to hear that again throughout the book. To everyone who is victorious, I will give fruit from the tree of life in the paradise of God. Next church. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Smyrna. This is the message from the one who is the first and the last, who was dead but is now alive. I know about your suffering and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those, who, those opposing you. They say they're Jews, but they're not, because their synagogue belongs to Satan. Don't be afraid of what you're about to suffer. The devil will throw some of you into prison to test you. You will suffer for ten days. But if you remain faithful, even when facing death, I will give you the crown of life. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Whoever is victorious will not be harmed by the second death. Next letter. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Pergamum. 
This is the message from the one with the sharp two-edged sword. I know that you live in the city where Satan has his throne, and yet you have remained loyal to me. You, have, you refused to deny me, even when Antipas, my faithful witness, was martyred among you there in Satan's city. But I have a few complaints against you. You tolerate some among you whose teaching is like that of Balaam, who showed Balak how to trip up the people of Israel. He taught them to sin by eating food offered to idols and by committing sexual sin. In a similar way, you have some Nicolaitans among you follow the same teaching. Repent of your sin, I will, or I will come to you suddenly and fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. To everyone who is victorious, I will give some of the manna that has been hidden away in heaven. And I will give to each one a white stone, and on the stone will be engraved a new name that no one understands except for the one who receives it. To the fourth church, write this letter to the angel of the church in Thyatira. This is the message from the Son of God, whose eyes are like flames of fire, whose feet are like polished bronze. I know all the things you do. I've seen your love, your faith, your service, and your patient endurance. And I can see your constant improvement in all these things. But I have this complaint against you. You are permitting that woman, that Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet, to lead my servants astray. She teaches them to commit sexual sin and to eat food offered to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she does not want to turn away from her immorality. Therefore, I will throw her on a bed of suffering, and those who commit adultery with her will suffer greatly until they repent and turn away from her evil, de from her evil deeds. I will strike her children dead. Then all the churches will know that I am the one who searches out the thoughts and intentions of every person, and I will give to each of you whatever you deserve. But I also have a message for the rest of you in Thyatira who do not follow this false teaching, deeper truths as they call them, depths of Satan actually. I will ask nothing more of you except that you hold tightly to what you have until I come. To all who are victorious, who obey me to the very end. To them I will give authority over all the nations, they will rule the nations with an iron rod and smash them like clay pots. They will have the same authority I received from my Father, and I will also give them the morning star. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. We're ready for chapter 3 and the next letter. By the way, I always... I sit there with my coffee here. I sit there with a Bible marker or a pen or something to highlight or to mark things that God speaks to me as I read so I can mark it. And then when I'm done, I go back and look over those things again. Chapter 3, <clears throat> write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and the seven stars. I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. 
Strengthen what little remains, for even what is left is almost dead. I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I'll come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. There you are, or no, there, yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled the clothes with evil. They will walk with me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before my Father and his angels that they are mine. Anyone who hears, anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Next letter. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. This is the message from the one who is holy and true, the one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close, and what he closes, no one can open. I know all the things you do. I've opened a door for you that no one can close. You have little strength, yet you obeyed my word and did not deny me. Look, I will force those who belong to Satan's synagogue, those liars who say they are Jews but are not, to come and bow down at your feet. They will acknowledge that you are the ones I love. Because you have obeyed my command to persevere, I will protect you from the great time of testing that will come upon the whole world to test those who belong to this world. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. All who are victorious will become pillars in the temple of my God, and they will never have to leave it. I will write on them the name of my God, and they will be citizens in the city of my God, the new Jerusalem that come down, comes down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. And then we come to the last letter. Write this letter to the angel in the church in Laodicea. This is the message from the one who is the Amen the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's new creation. I know all the things you do, that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other, but since you're like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have everything I want, I don't need a thing. And you don't realize that you're wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. So I advise you to go buy gold from me. Gold that has been purified by fire. Then you'll be rich. Also buy white garments from me so that you will not be shamed by your nakedness. And ointment for your eyes so that you'll be able to see. I correct and discipline everyone I love. So be diligent and turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on, the throne, on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he's saying to the churches. Seven letters that went out to the seven churches. And as I read through that, I mark the things that stand out to me and I go back and revisit them. And you begin to get this picture that God is the one that's in charge. 
no matter what's going on around us. As you read through these letters, you see where the churches were getting it and where they were missing it. I think every one of these has something to speak, at least to me, if not to all of us. But I read through that because I read, I, I have a, a plan that I'm on that takes me through the Bible in a year. And every year I throw out a challenge to say to the church, get on a plan and, and read through the Bible. Now, if you've, never, if you've been reading the Bible but you've never read through a year, pray about that. Pray about that. There's amazing things in there that, that if we don't know to read, that we will never come across if we just read our favorite passages. There's also plans, we're going to talk more about that later. There's plans where you can, you know, uh, shorter plans take you through parts of the Bible and so forth. But I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. Right now, there is another uh, uh, part that I have in my uh, quiet time. Uh, after I do that, uh, I have a, a couple of prayer books um, that I use. And right now, for the, well, actually for the last two or three years, I've been using this one. I know a number you have at Seeking God's Face, uh, praying with the Bible through the year. And this follows the church calendar, okay? So you're like the season starts with the season of Advent and then Christmas and the 12 days of Christmas. Then what they have is they call ordinary time and it goes up to Lent and so forth. So it takes you through. So I'm going to open up uh, in keeping with what we just read uh, on the 26th, I'm going to look at the 26th and go through what I went through that day. 12, 26, 18. It starts out, there's several parts to this, uh, and, and it starts out with a, uh, a scripture that's a, just an invitation, it calls it, and then there's a Bible song from Psalms, and then there's a a Bible reading part that you read, and then it has you read it again, slower, you know, paying attention to certain things, and then there's a prayer time, and then it ends with a prayer and a blessing. So let me just quickly go through that with you. Um, the invitation is from Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2, and, and this is based on the NIV, if you're trying to follow along. Shout for the Lord, or shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with His gladness. Come before His jo come before Him with joyful songs. We, we did this morning in worship, and then from reading from Psalm ninety-eight, sing to the Lord a new song, for He has done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm have worked salvation for Him. The Lord has made His salvation known and revealed His righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp. With the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets, the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Let the sea resound in everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth, and he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. 
Um, and then it has, for a Bible reading uh, on this, is John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then it has you read through it again. Thinking about what is God speaking to you? How God's word has moved you? It says ponder and meditate what's connected, excuse me, what's connected with your heart and mind. And then pray about that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God now. The word beginning there means in the forever past. The Word always was. The Word is eternal. The Word is always, has always existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So there you've got God the Father, and you've got the Word. The Word became flesh in Jesus, as you, as you read farther into that chapter. It says, He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that it's been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Darkness can never overcome light. If you were here for our Christmas Eve service, my favorite service of all, 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 all the year, uh, the, the, the whole year, um, at the end we have the candle lighting ceremony, and I had them turn out the other lights in the, in the room. Um, darkness is always chased by light. That's right. Light overcomes darkness. Darkness is always chased away. Darkness is always chased away when you turn on the light. Think about that. And the more light you have together, the more light there is and the more the darkness flees. But even the power of one candle is enough to chase away darkness. Then... It's a time for prayer, and it, it gives you a couple of suggestions. If you're thinking, what do I pray about? It's, it, it gives you a couple. Um, and and for, for this date, um, it is, you know, it suggests praying for the capacity to, to see and savor the wonder, beauty, and complexity of creation. So it's just, Lord, your creation is so marvelous and so wonderful so beautiful and you were such an awesome God to create this for us from the beauty of the poinsettias that are in front of us to the majesty of the Grand Canyon to the power of Niagara Falls if you've ever had an opportunity to visit any of those places you can describe them all you want but there's nothing like standing right there God's creation is wonderful to each one of us.
each one of us. God created you, and he made you who he wants you to be. We look at ourselves and compare ourselves to other people. But God says, no, don't do that. I made you like that because that's how I want you. And I, that's how I love you. I love you like that. And then the other, other thing for prayer is for our commitment to reduce, reuse, and recycle. Helps us take care of our creation that God's given us. So, I mean, it's got all kinds of gamut. It has a parade other days for, for different continents and that, but it, it gives you an idea to, to start with. And I go from there to I pray for different things on my list. I pray for those in the church that are struggling. I pray for those in the church that are being blessed. I pray for those in the community that are struggling with addictions, whether it be opioid addiction, alcohol addiction, pornography, whatever it is. I pray for those that are struggling with addictions. I pray for those that need healing. Pray for those that are lonely. Pray for those that have lost hope and need hope. Pray for families that are struggling to stay together, marriages. Pray for those that, whose families have broken up and the individual are feeling the sting and the pain from that. I pray for all different things and just ask God to intervene. Pray for those that are struggling financially. There's all kinds of things if you just think first and just begin to make a list you don't have to pray for everything on one day you know i know sometimes you can make a list that says okay on mondays i'm going to pray for this on tuesdays i'm going to pray for these needs and so forth um i have a uh we, we have a thing out here on the wall that uh we've had for a while that um prayer guide for victims of sex trafficking We'll take you through that. Pray for all these other things and also for the needs in our own lives. You know, some people, you know, that's all they pray for, the needs in their own lives. And other, other people, it's, you know, it, it, they, they, they feel guilty if they pray for themselves. Oh, so many people have so much worse. It doesn't matter if somebody has it worse or better than you. God cares about your needs. And he wants us to bring to him our needs, but he also wants us to help carry the burden of those around us and to pray for others. So have a time where I just, where I pray, and then I, I, and I pray for uh, my compassion girl, Genesis. We have a, a compassion girl that, that, we, uh, that we support, and um, you know, pray, pray for her. And when I'm done with that, then there are two more things in, in here. It's, uh, there's a prayer, that, it, that it, uh, uh, it's written out, and then it finishes with a blessing. And the prayer for this is this, Eternal Almighty God, how did your hands, which flung galaxies into elegant orbit, 
become the awkwardly uncontrolled hands of a newborn? How does your eternal being get inseparably woven into time-bound humanity? While the how of your incarnation widens my faith, may the wonder of why you've done this for me bring deep joy today. Amen. And it closes with the blessing, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. So I do my Bible reading, and then I spend time here kind of digesting different passages in the Word. I've also in the past used this before, you know, in, in place of this. This is Common Prayer, a liturgy for ordinary radicals. If any of you know Shane Claiborne, he is a, a part of putting this together. And um, it goes through uh, uh, just a... a you know, different uh, uh, daily prayers and so forth um, and, and that, and also adds, interjects some historical insight sometimes at different places. This one is available on an app on your phone also. It's, there's a lot of, if you just Google or, or you go to your, your uh, yeah, just, you know, look for, go to your app store and Google comment or put in common prayer. You can come up with all bunch of stuff. But uh, the, the one you want to do is a liturgy. Well, any of them would be good. But the one I have is a liturgy for ordinary radicals. Common prayer, liturgy for ordinary radicals. And it has this symbol. This color and this symbol is the little square on your phone. So um, that is one that I use. Um, I want to give you just a few thoughts um, on uh, a few closing thoughts on this. One is have a plan for reading. Have a plan for reading and stick to it. Not saying don't read anything outside of your plan, but have a plan. Whether it's going through the Bible or whether it's on a, on a topical thing, have a plan where you're systematically going through it. Don't just read your favorite passages. Don't just read your favorite books. You're going to miss a whole lot of good stuff. Also, turn off your phone. Turn it off because everybody will decide to call you. I don't care if you have your quiet time at 3 a.m. Everybody will decide to call you, to text you, to tweet to you or whatever. Turn off your phone. You will live. You will live and so will everybody else. Uh, third, the key to this is consistency. Consistency. That's what you want to strive for every day. And it doesn't have to be like everything that I've done. You can do a reading plan. You can do the prayer book as long as you're spending some time in the Word and some time in prayer. You don't have to do both of these things. I've grown into this over the past you know, uh, a few years. But every day, if you do 10 to 15 minutes every day, that's better than, you know, or an hour and a half once a week. Okay, you want to get the pattern. You want to get the consistency going. Every day, same time, set an alarm, same place, comfortable place where you're not going to be interrupted, no excuses, and there will be plenty. Oh, man, that football game went so late last night. I did stay up last night watching a football game. I was ready to go to bed, and then all of a sudden the game started getting interesting, and I still don't know who won it because I finally said, nope, i got to get to bed. But there will be excuses. 
You know, you know, people will tell you, oh, man, 6 o'clock, what are you getting stuff for? It's your day off, or it's, it's, it's Christmas Day, or it's this, or it's that. It's like, it doesn't matter. This has become something that I look so forward to. Um, same place. If you can do the same place, same chair, same. So everything is familiar around you. And, and you know, no excuses. And if you miss a day, don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up. If you miss a day, just give the enemy a black eye by saying, you know, I might have missed yesterday, but I'm not missing today. And here I go. I'm picking, I'm picking it up right where, I, right where I left off. And stay focused on the long term. I guarantee you, as you do this over time, it will, you will begin to move from doing it out of duty to doing it out of I mean, you're going to look forward to it with anticipation. I never thought that would happen to me. I used to read prayer books and feel guilty because that wasn't me. But it never, but I reached a point where I, this, this is the highlight of my day, honestly. Now, I've got, I need some help. I want some uh, people, and we're going to wrap this up with this, but I um, need some people to help pass these out. Josh? Pete, can you do that? Um, get one myself. I've got some suggestions for Bible reading plans here on the YouVersion app. Okay, it's on Android, it's on uh, uh, Apple, it's at, if you download the YouVersion app, it's actually just called the Bible. It's got a little picture of a brown Bible. YouVersion is who puts it out. And... I went through and looked at some Bible plans that either I have done or I know others have done, and these are different types of plans. You know, you've got through the Bible in a year. The one that I've been doing for the last couple of years is canonical, which simply means it's going through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation in that order, okay? That's the one that I'm doing right now. There's also chronological, which takes you through the Bible pretty much in the way that it, uh, that it happened, uh, there's the blended plan. The good thing about, neat thing about the blended plan is that it gives you some of the Old Testament, New Testament, Psalms and Proverbs every day, okay? The reason I like the chronological is it gives me a bigger chunk in one book, so I follow the theme in that, of, the, of the book and that. Um, it's got plans for going through the New Testament in, in, in a year, a couple of plans there. If, you've, if you're new to reading the Bible, and, you know, you've never read through the New Testament, then, you know, maybe think about that one. Think about one of those plans. It'll take you just through the New Testament and, uh, and that. There's one there has New Testament Psalms and Proverbs in, in one year. Um, does anybody have one that only has one side on it? Did anybody get that? Look to see if you have two sides. Because if you got one side? Okay, here, take one with two sides. You got my master. The page two, page two of my master copy. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, and then on the, on the back of the sheet, you've got topical plans, uh, different types of ideas. You can go on there and just search for plans on hope, plans on depression, plans, on, plans for loneliness, plans to help with finances, plans for, you know, strengthening your family, all kinds of plans. They have it all 
really. Uh, that broken crayon steel color, I recently did that one. I love that plan. I love that plan. So go through, and, and it's just a suggestion to go through and uh, you know, find a plan, and some of those are, are just uh, like three days or five days, some are a year long. Do a shorter one if that's what helps you, but then pick up another one every, you know, as soon as you finish that one and keep going, keep going through that. Um, one thing else that I do uh, that is helpful for me, I go through the app on my phone, wherever that went to, um, I go through the app on my phone and mark it off so I keep track of where I am, but I don't read it on my phone. I have a hard time reading things on my phone. So I'll go through and I'll read it with a regular Bible, okay, and mark that up and all that because it's hard to highlight on my phone, you know, it just messes up the screen. And um, <laughs> some of you think I'm funny. Um, and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll read it in the Bible and then I'll just tap the box as I go through the phone. Maybe you don't have a smartphone, you know, number of people don't. Uh, we have, you know, there are written plans. We've got, oh, I think I've got one here, yeah. We've got some of these out on the wall. The Victory Bible Plan takes you through the, the Bible in a year. Actually takes you the, through the Old Testament once and the New Testament twice. Psalms and Proverbs twice, I believe. And, you know, I've, I did this one for years before I got wired. Um, and so there's that. A lot of your Bibles have a plan in the back. Find a plan. And just work it. Consistency. Consistency. All right. With that, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to go ahead and, and, and get ready to close. So let's have the worship team come on up.